time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being with me this week. I'm going to, in this week's show, I'm going to be talking about sex in the news, the things where, what are the things in the most past week that struck me as things that need to, in my mind, be discussed. Then what I'm also going to do in this show is I'm going to be covering what are some of the most popular and most common frequently asked questions that I get as a certified sex educator. And one of the things that I say to people, there really is no such thing as a dumb question. What there is, is a question. Now, I may have heard these questions, you know, 20 times, a thousand times, but truly what my attitude is, when someone is asking a question in the area of sexuality, this may be the first time they've been able to ask it. And so I'll I'll just give you an example. I happen to have been on a trip with my uh, twin sister. We were on a train and we were going across um, Canada. And there were, and as you probably, anyone who's been on a train knows, you know, you get seated with other people because typically it's just two or person and the tables are much larger. So we sat down in this one uh, for breakfast and this one man, they were asking what we did and my twin sister very helpfully said, oh, she writes about sex. So they were like, wow, breakfast just got a whole bunch more interesting. But what happened after that, and I don't even know why I said it, but in the frequently asked questions that men don't ask, and when it comes to sex education, people typically will go to one of three places to get information. They'll go to someone of faith, they'll go to a physician, or they'll go to a therapist. And what we know is that none of those three professions gets a good, grounded sexual health education background. So they're trained to be experts and professionals, but they don't have the information themselves. So they often brush aside the question or become nervous themselves and think, oh dear, I have to refer to myself. In this instance, the gentleman I was talking to, I said, you know, I I do presentations for women and for men. And when I do the men's presentation, I always make a point of saying this particular thing. And it was that there, for many men, they sometimes have a feeling that if, or they have a, they suspect that they must be secretly gay if they enjoy any form of anal play. That's one thing. 
And, let, and I can assure you, women do not think that they're gay if they enjoy anaplite. They just know they happen to enjoy it. Their nerves in them are, you know, they're like, hey, yeah, this is enjoyable for me. Woohoo. The other thing that often happens for men is when they go for an annual or go for a prostate exam, what they are not aware of and what physicians don't tell them either is that the nerves on the lateral side of the prostate, now, make your hand into a little fist, okay? That is about the size of the prostate, okay? And on the sides, on the lateral sides, are where the nerves are that are responsible for being for men for blood being able to flow into the penis and give a man an erection which is why when they do a prostatectomy meaning the surgical removal of the prostate that's why they do what they refer to as nerve sparing surgery so what a physician is looking to feel with the prostate exam is they're looking to press on it to express some of the uh, fluid so that it can be tested, and also to test whether or not the prostate feels boggy or soft, which means it probably hasn't um, had an, uh, an ejaculation in, you know, recently. A firmer prostate is one that's, you know, a little, you know, has been used a little more, as we might say. But what men will not be aware of is that, look, let's be honest, this is hardly a sexually appealing position. They're bent over a cold table or cold something, and the snap of the glove, which everyone makes the joke about, and what he's feeling to see is if, if everything's fine. Well, that stimulation can also cause men to have an erection. No kidding. It's the nerves that are being stimulated that cause erections. So what I made this comment, and I this man fell back in his chair while we're on the train and went, oh, my God. God, is that what that was? And I was like, mm-hmm. he said, I have literally been feeling, and these are his exact words. He said, I was feeling like I was ass raped when I had my last you know, exam. He said, and I was never going back again. He said, I did not know that. So in one statement, he had five years of absolute terror that he thought that he was secretly gay because he got an erection from the most from the stimulation, which is what. And I, I said to him, "Congratulations, your nerves are doing exactly what they're supposed to. They're they're being stimulated and they're causing your penis to flow, you know, blood flow to go in, and you get an erection." Let me let's be honest here, kids. If someone is gay, they know they're gay. They don't need a part of their body stimulated to know that they find someone of their same sex appealing that, you know, that that's their turn on. They know it. Which brings me to my first sex in the news segment that I um, want to talk about. CBS did a show uh, yesterday, and it was on a trans segment on trans children. And it's approximately 10 minutes. I checked it out this morning. It's on the CBS dot com or CBS, whatever it is, website. And I watched it. And the reason I did is I have a couple of very good friends who are trans. And that's, you know, also part of my being in the world of sexuality and an area where uh, I do quite a bit of volunteering is the University of Minnesota Program in Human Sexuality. I'm actually the incoming uh, chair for the Leadership Council. And what we 
um, there are uh, two members who are trans on our um, council. Because the one thing people have to realize is that truly, being trans is not a choice. This is something that they are, period. And the thing that I liked, which I thought really would resonate with people, is that these are children that are coming out and saying, I may have been born assigned a sex of being male when I was born, but I am a girl. And when they talked with the parents, the parents said that this really wasn't, there really wasn't a choice for them. They wanted their child to be happy. And they worried, of course, that, you know, how are people going to react to them? Are people going to bully them? And and the majority of, you know, the, the statistic in the uh, the CBS <clears throat> video stated, you know, like 89% state that, yes, they have been harassed or they have been, you know, there has been something that they've been made fun of because of this. Yet the big thing I want people to take away from this, this is not, this is not a choice that they're making. This is something of who they are. And there's a fabulous, fabulous film, if you want to see it, by uh, one of our top sex educators in this area, but um, Dr. Mark Schoen, and that's S-C-H-O-E-N. And his show, the, his documentary, which won at the um, San Diego uh, Contemporary Arts Film Festival, it won Best Film, it's called Trans, and it follows a range of people who identify as being transgender or trans, whichever term they prefer to use. And there are some in there that will just, I mean, some of them are just heartbreaking in their story. And invariably, there's one or two people that are there for them. And yet, this is a world of, they are trying to live their life to be who they are and to love and to be accepted. And it is to watch and, and hear it coming from children, and one mother's comment was, I realized how seriously she wanted, she was a girl and identified as being as a girl as when she was a little two-year-old and said she was going to cut her penis off. The mother said, that is when I realized we have no choice on this. We have to, we love our child. We have to support our child. And just to give you an idea, also one of the members on the uh, the Leadership Council, Susan Kimberly, before she made her transition, she had been the um, uh, vice mayor or something like the like number two in St. Paul, Minnesota, within the you know the city uh, political um, uh, machinery. And when she came out and said she was going to have um, her surgery and she was open about this, she literally received death threats and Unfortunately, we also just saw in the news a trans woman was found murdered in Baltimore. I believe it's Northeast Baltimore. And the amount of mental anguish, depression, suicide attempts that occur as a result of not being able to be who they are within for people who are transgender is huge. And are there more coming out? I don't know if there's more 
of them now, but there are more of them that are identifying at a much, much younger age. And they have parents who have support groups around. The Internet has been really helpful for people um, in this area. Now, 30 seconds until my first break. And when I come back, we'll be talking about some more things of sex in the news, but then I'm going to also answer some more of the frequently asked questions, like how do I know if she's faking? And how do I tell my partner I have been faking? So please stay with me. I will be back. This is Lou Paget, and I'm doing Sex in the News. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose and all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Join host Kalen Amadio for Atacoco, marketing for small business. Kalen helps concerned, confused, and even clueless small business entrepreneurs market simply, safely, and successfully. Join Kalen for some Monday morning marketing madness that will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing for your local business, this marketing black belt will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kalen will feature a new tip that you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. Act Local Marketing for Small Business airs every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, this is my week to talk about sex in the news. 
and frequently asked questions. And just before the break, I said I would talk about some of the more common frequently asked questions. And um, let's just jump in with one right now. How do I know if she's faking? Well, let's, uh, let, let me just be candid here. Women and men both fake. And the reason they do is for exactly the same reason. They know nothing is going to happen. And the important thing is that what people have to understand is that your partner is paying attention to what your reactions are. So if you are, you know, giving them false information like a, you know, corrupted file, they're going to keep doing that, particularly men, because they think that's what's working. So it's to your own detriment to do this. But the main reason women and men do it is they don't want the person to feel badly. They know nothing's going to happen. So they fall back on, you know, the old uh, porn tricks of ooh, ooh, ah, 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 and um, everyone thinks everyone's had a good time, but they haven't. So here's another way for men to know if she's um, faking. You cannot, you simply cannot mimic the intensity of an orgasmic contraction with just tightening your PC muscles. It is a very different contraction. And as one gentleman said to me, he said, um, I said, well, how, what, what do you, how do you know when a woman's had an orgasm? He goes, oh, you mean those women I call darling? And I thought, okay. He said, it's like you can feel them clench down on you. Now, for many women, the best way for them to have um, an orgasm is when they're on top because they, whoever's on top typically controls all the motion, like no kidding, from an ergonomic standpoint, that's fairly straightforward. Yet for some, for majority of other women, they also, um, they need to have some form of clitoral stimulation, which I happen to have here also this week. I have a little quiz that in my frequently asked questions, I'm going to give you, I'm going to test your orgasmic IQ. And this comes from, and actually, if you go onto my website, loopadget.com, I have a quiz, how sexually savvy are you? And in it, there's 21 questions. You get seven at a time. They're randomized. And what you can do is, and it's me asking you the question. And then what I do is, and the reason I like this um, orgasmic IQ question questions, I should say, is they are, they give you the, the answer as to why. So when I did my How Sexually Savvy Are You, I set it up the same way, that I ask the question, and then you have your choice of four or five or whatever it might be. And then whatever your answer is, I tell you in real time what the, the correct answer is, or if you got the correct answer, because you know how you, if you have quizzes or something, you go, gee, I thought the answer was this. Why wasn't it that? That's what I explained for you. So the 0.08 per second that is the speed and intensity of when a woman orgasms, that cannot be mimicked by her just tightening her PC muscles. Okay? So now how do you tell your lover that you've been faking? Well, first off, you have to let them know that you didn't want them to feel badly. I mean, Seinfeld apparently had an amazing segment when, um, I can't even remember her name because I never watched Seinfeld, (laughs) but she says, no, she never had an orgasm, and Jerry goes, oh my God, how can you not? And But really, the, 
that let's go back to the the reason why is because the stimulation isn't being done the way that they prefer. So it let's you know it's starting to hurt. Let's get this over with. But what can also happen is you things may be working and things may feel the right way, but you may have had a hormonal shift either through a pregnancy or perimenopause or birth control pills you might be on, and the sensitivity is not as much. So you may need different stimulation. People, our sexuality is an appetite, and we don't always want the same thing. We want different things. We want changes in them. So sometimes your nerves want something. They, they just want something different. And don't, your body is giving you a message if it's, you know, if, if you're not able to enjoy pleasure. So change it. Now, here's another thing that's a concern for me. The number of women who experience pain on a regular basis during intercourse. What in heaven's name is going on there? Is that that the partner is not, is, is too quick? Are they, do they not have enough lubrication? Do they have, is the wrong position? Are they using a product that's causing irritation for them? Which brings me to another frequently asked question. How do I know if I'm choosing the right lubricant? Okay, kids, read the bottles, okay? If you are looking at something that is saying that it is, let's start with this first thing. When you're looking for a lubricant, understand that particularly for women, that area, their genitals, the the vulvovaginal area, is very delicate mucosal tissue, actually very similar to the mucosal tissue inside of your mouth and, you know, through your uh, nasal or the oropharyngeal area, your mouth and your throat. What I tell people, and this is a comment that came from an OBGYN, and he said, if you wouldn't put that product in your eyes, do not put it down there either. So, If you're looking at these products that say cooling or warming, do you understand that the cooling things are typically mint or, you know, menthol? The things that are saying that they're warming up, it's typically capsaicin, which is hot chili peppers. Oh, yeah. That's going to get me really excited and happy. I don't think so. So, and here's the other thing. Look at the label. If it says for external use only, okay, but here's what they often will do. They will get around, they will call themselves a lube um, or a lubricant. And in all actuality, from a truly legal standpoint, they can't call themselves lubricants because they haven't had, a, and this is why they say for external use only. It is a legal um, loophole that they are using so that if something does happen to someone and they sue them, they can say, look, we had on the label there for external use only because they do not have an FDA, you know, a Food and Drug Administration, what is called a 510K. And that is a certification that there have been tissue irritation studies done, that all of the ingredients in there do not cause problems. And to get a 510K, is it's expensive to do so. So the most crowded market area in the area of sexuality, of sexual, sexuality products, is lubricants or lubes or whatever they want to call themselves these days. So read the label. If it says, you know, not to be used by women, hmm, what does that tell you? That tells you they don't want a lawsuit because someone says something happened as a result of this and something happened with a baby, right? 
or the external use only. I've, I've read some of them. They say, um, for external use only and not to be used in ears. Doesn't that make you wonder what, what people are doing with this stuff in their ears? <laughs> I mean, come on. So look at a lubricant, read the ingredients. See if it's, it, if it's all silicone and you just want to use it externally, have at it, go for it. Some people enjoy silicone. I'm a little more leery about using it internally, but externally creates a great ease and flow and you don't have to worry about evaporation. If these things have dyes in them or scent in them, or in, and people will use vitamin E or they'll use aloe, or, those things are not necessarily great to go inside of a woman's vagina, okay? The big thing you have to be aware of is look at the product and be your own consumer. Read the labels. If it says that it's got... Um, and you don't want to use a glycerin, I mean, don't want to use, pardon me, a silicone, dimethicone, dimethiconol, look at that. I don't like to use products that have a, um, a product that is to speed up the flow of water through fire hoses, which happens to be in Astroglide. And that, to me, is something that, no, I'm, it says on its own manufacturer's uh, data sheet not to be used um, to come in contact with skin or with um, externally or internally. Hmm. So I'm embarrassed. Here's another frequently asked question. I'm embarrassed to tell my husband I fantasize during sex. Is there anything wrong with that? Uh, no, absolutely not. What is your most powerful sexual organ? It's between your ears. So if you're, you know, fantasizing that he might be someone else or might be, you know, if you have a day-to-day life that requires you to be focused on so many things at one time, your brain has to get you into the mood. And if fantasizing helps, you know, you can fantasize that he's this particular person. Or for some people, their fantasy is that they want, they're fantasizing that it is, you know, Biff or, you know, whomever they happen to find, you know, tantalizing. Uh, Some movie star who they never would be with anyways. So, saying that they fantasize that he's so-and-so, who knows? He may be fantasizing that she's someone else as well. That is, and if you really want to know what your real fantasies are about, what are you wearing at Halloween? What and how do you want to feel? So just, you know, keeping that in mind. Now, here's the difference. Just before we go to the break, um, what's the difference between a fantasy and a fetish? A fantasy is a thing that turns you on the thought of doing something. A fetish is the article turns you on. So if you have a shoe fetish, it is technically the shoe that turns you on, not the person whose foot is in the shoe. If it's a leather fetish, it's leather. And as I say, we have a nation of fetishists because we have people who love their baseball cards, people who love their cars. So there's nothing wrong with fetishes. They just happen to be a thing that gets you all excited. When we come back, I'm going to be giving you some stuff from my others. This is cross-pollination, your tango videos that I have done, and the uh, more things on sex in the news. And then we will go into the how can you introduce the fantasies into your relationship. Please stay with me. I will be back right after this break.
This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Are you stuck in a rut? Wondering if there's more than a 9 to 5? Do you ever yell out, is this all there is? Then join Alaska Coach Keith's radio show, where we'll focus on transition, career revitalization, and freedom. Keith will discuss tips and tricks for developing and living to our highest potential. It's time we dusted off our dreams and became alive with purpose. Keith will share lessons he's learned from a 20-year study of career engagement, motivation, and personal leadership. He'll interview experts and authors who know both struggle and triumph. You may even get a chance to bring your biggest challenge to the radio for an on-the-spot coaching with Keith. Join Alaska Coach Keith each week. Conceive, believe, achieve. Heard every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central, right here. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into the uh, being a shrewd consumer of sexuality information. I'm going to be doing some more um, sex in the news and the... Uh, fantasy questions, things as I talked about just before the break. And one of the things, um, uh, Karina, who runs the board for me at TogiNet, uh, asked and said, you know, for her, she thought that, you know, a guy or woman that had a shoe fetish because they had a foot fetish and didn't know that they could be actually two different fetishes. Absolutely. So the shoe, it's, the, it's the, not the person who's connected with the 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 foot it may be the foot that is the absolute turn on so it's the foot that they want to be sexual with which is why you will see um, moldings of women's feet or why you will see um, in the fetish area men only you know only seeing pictures of feet in some fetish films so but the leather is again it's the leather that's the turn on it's 
the 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 inanimate object. Now we can't call a foot an inanimate object because otherwise they'd be on a corpse, right? But the important thing is is that it's the focus on the one thing, and the um, fantasy usually involves interplay and how someone wants to feel themselves. Okay, so. Um, the next thing, oh, I'm going to tell you about your tango. This is the cross-pollination of some other media work that I do. Your tango is a website that has tremendous traffic on it, and I have done a number of different videos with them. So one of them is, you know, is social media making your breakup, you know, more painful? Because what we're finding is that you know, you're no longer partners, so why are you still Facebook friends? Is it, are we having a problem disconnecting? So that's one of my segments, and I'm there with um, other uh, experts in their field, therapists and um, authors. Another one that I did is called Love and Sex, Can Watching Porn Save Your Relationship? And I was acting as the host for this segment, and really, what it boils down to is people have to know that you know porn is something that is has been around you know since the millennia, and when you have that people will often say i don 't want them watching it, which de facto puts someone into a you know you 're wrong i 'm right polarization and the porn itself isn't the the issue for most men. It's sort of like, okay, watch it, big deal. It's when the porn becomes the only thing they're watching. That's when you have that's when you have to start going, okay, what else is going on here? But if that's happening, I think it's time to put a spotlight on the relationship in the first place. Okay, kitties? Now, another one that I did is sex and infidelity. Is cheating just inevitable? And I'll let you you can go on yourtango.com. And you just type in my name, Lou Paget Videos, and they'll come up. There'll also be articles and, and other things that I've been part of, but you, you can find it there. And how's this one? How can I have the best sex of my life? And what we talk about there is, um, do you have to be truly compatible? And does compatibility even matter? Is it just only the physical attraction? Or, you know, is there a match, you know, made in heaven? Again, it was a very fun segment to do. Here's another one. Is marriage worth it if you're already cohabiting? And how do people change once they marry, even though they may have been living together? And some of these things, a couple of the, the other therapists, myself, I'm not a therapist, I'm an educator, they had some really great insights into what will often happen um, after a marriage. I was on uh, your tango earlier today. And I was laughing about some of the, the responses of someone saying, how do you know that this person is like, you know, the keeper or, you know, the, the 11 number one ways that you can, you know, determine if this person, you know, is there for you? <laughs> I'm like, 11? Why don't you just try one or two? And the one or two are pay attention to how they behave and treat you. And are they respectful of you? Okay, that's the kind of like the real thing you want to look at. And then the other thing is, do you like being there with them? You know, they can be respectful. They can really care about you. But it has to be a two-way street here. This isn't just, don't stay in a relationship just because someone likes you so much. 
Many times women do that. And then another one that actually just got posted last week is the point of sex only to have an orgasm. Absolutely not. Um, but I'll let you go and watch them. They're short. They're only about four, four minutes or, or five minutes, but there's lots of really good information you know, packed into them. Um, and before I get to how can I introduce fantasies into my relationships, another thing I wanted to, to touch on in the sex in the news, there was a GOP party member who is, and I don't know what state they're in, I was trying to find the article again, talking about supporting reparative therapy. Now, for those of you who are not aware of what reparative therapy is, it is supposedly where you, if you do enough work on yourself and subdue your urges and do not follow through on who you are finding yourself attracted to, this is, main, this is targeting for people who are gay or lesbian, that if you, you know, work with God and if you... Um, do enough therapy, you can be cured of being gay. Well, as my friends who work in this area, there is a reason why the state of California has banned forms of reparative therapy by licensed um, clinicians for under 18 because it is so freaking damaging. And the people who Often, you know, some of the poster children for reparative therapy, you know, he was gay and, you know, turned, said he was now straight and she was lesbian, now said that she was straight and they got married and had children. And then the whole thing blew up big time, you know, you know, years later. Well, the important thing that people have to be honest about is who they are. But this person supporting reparative therapy and Michelle Bachman's husband was supporting reparative therapy. Shame on him. This is just, it's as this one person said, it's neither reparative nor is it therapy, okay? So with that quick little jump, boop, I'd like to go over to how can I introduce a fantasy into your relationship? Well, one of the first things you have to be clear about is what feeling do you want to have? And it can be something that uh, when I had... Um, uh, guests on who I will ask them specifically, how did you know that uh, you were interested in any play in the area of kink play, which is uh, BDSM, which is going to be my next um, answer for, you know, what is SM and what is BDSM? But her comment was, this is Jean, um, uh, uh, Jean Franzenbau, and she said, look at things, look at, you know, get some erotica and find what turns you on. That is going to be the the click for you. I, I mean, I can read, you know, kink erotica, but it, that's not for me. But I understand that it really is for other people. As I say, thank goodness we don't all like the same stuff or we'd be really, really bored. Okay. So it, to introduce it, you can, you know, do you, here's some ideas that, you know, might, you might consider, you know, once you know the kind of experience you want to have, then just about any idea can be adjusted to fit your needs. You know, again, the being dominated or submissive, the master slave, you know, that's the Halloween costumes, 
the judge prisoner, the bad boy prisoner has to satisfy the domineering judge. Do you want to watch or be watching the voyeurism or exhibitionism? Do you like being seduced or romanced? Do you like being so sexually hot that he or she simply can't stay away from you? And do you like group sex or multiple partners? And truly, the only person who knows about this is you. And if you are wanting to introduce something new into a relationship, rather than doing it in the bedroom and saying, I'd really like to try this or I want you to you know, tie up my hands or whatever it may be that you'd like to try, have that discussion before you go, before you get horizontal. Do it while you're vertical. And the reason I say that is then, in, and in daylight, so you can watch someone's reaction. Do they sort of like go, ooh, or are they just, oh, um, well, that's kind of interesting. And here's the big thing. Say you want to do it with them. Not that you want to try it with a bunch of other people, unless, of course, there's multiple people. But the big thing people have to be aware of, sometimes your fantasies aren't nearly as nifty when you actually do them. They're much more fun in your head. So just, and when you have your fantasy, that's often the thing that most people will masturbate to as well. So your fantasies often are much, much more hidden and much more private because when you're being sexually intimate with someone, you're with a partner. But masturbation is like, that's a solo experience, which is often fueled by people's fantasies. So we're coming up to a minute before my final break. So when we come back after the break, I will answer the question, what is SM in BDSM? And I'll go through, and this comes from uh, uh, Dr. Olga Perez-Stavel-Cox, and it was a presentation that she did at a Quad S event, a Society for Scientific Study of Sexuality, and it's outstanding as a guideline for clinicians, educators, and healthcare providers who are working with kinky people. Because People who are coming to talk about relationships are not coming there to talk about kink. Kink isn't the issue. Something in the relationship is. So please stay with me. I will be back after this break, and I'm going to give you what the BDSM is, and I'm going to walk you through their terminology, and then you too can know and be a shrewd consumer. Be right back. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Do you ever feel like you're the invisible woman? No. 
Too polite to be political. Too nice to be real. Tame, even though you really want to be unleashed. Like you're living in a fairy tale without the happy ending. Well, Cinderella has left the ball, and it's time to wake up and break up with our own self-imposed glass slippers and ceilings. Welcome to Le Chic Speak, the polite woman's guide to self-expression, with your host, Jen Duchenne. Le Chic Speak is the Woohoo Radio Network's resident radio show dedicated to helping women turn on their power and turn up the volume of their voices so you can be seen, heard, appreciated, and celebrated. Join us on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time for your weekly dose of Le Chic Speak with your host, Jen Duchenne, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. In today's business world, you have to be LinkedIn. LinkedIn, it's a great tool. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady. Join us for the LinkedIn Lady Show every weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Carol is here to show you and your business how every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose that can benefit you. In each show, the LinkedIn lady will have a variety of guests, such as business owners who will showcase their businesses and talk about how they're using social media to stay in touch with not only customers, but to attract new relationships that become customers. Other guests will be experts in social media who will speak to the use of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Plaxo, Squidoo, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. Join us for the LinkedIn Lady Show with your host, Carol McManus, every weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. So in this, in my final segment here, I'm going to go through what is SM and BDSM, and then I'm going to give you some of these orgasmic quiz questions, okay? And what I also, I realized I did not name the component that is in Astroglide that I, that I do not like, and it's called polyquaternium. And they may say polyquaternium 16, 18. They may have a number behind it. But that product was originally designed to speed up the flow of water through fire hoses. And in the MSDS, Manufacturer Safety Data Sheet, it literally says polyquaternium is not to come in contact with skin externally or internally. So that is why I do not recommend any longer Astroglide. So here we go. What is SM, and this is called BDSM 101. SM, or sadomasochism, is a term that combines the words sadism and masochism. It describes people who enjoy receiving and or inflicting pain within sexual context. Today, and this is Dr. Olga's uh, definition, today the term BDSM describes a vast and varied range of erotic play and relationships that may or may not include intense pain sensations. It does include a broad range of consenting behaviors, typically outside the norm, the exchange of power, and 
for most sexual arousal. BDSM play is typically fun, erotic, and satisfying for both partners. BDSM may be sexually satisfying even without genital stimulation. BDSM is a type of sexual orientation for some and an alternative sexuality for many. Here's a couple of really, really important points. This one here. All BDSM play is consenting and communication and trust are essential. Other terms for BDSM are B&D, which is bondage and dominance, D's, which stands for dominance and submission, and leather. So, And leather refers primarily to the gay S&M culture traditions. The scene in BDSM is, it describes the entire community of people who engage in BDSM leather activities and relationships. It consists of clubs, organizations, events, conventions, businesses, products, and resources. And the community provides education, it provides socialization, you know, socialize, socializing opportunities and play parties. There is um, one place I do not recommend you go if you're wanting to look for something um, in this area is kink.com. That is a porn site that is, it is just getting nastier and uglier by, you know, constantly, particularly in the area of things um, for women. Uh, so if you are wanting, you know, so this is this is in the question for the people who ask. So what is and why? What is the thing that people really, um, you know, why, why are they so interested in this? I'll just read um, Dr. Olga's comment about fetishism: sexual arousal connected to an inanimate object or a part of the body, not no, not usually seen as sexually arousing. Bracket as with foot or shoe fetishes. Okay. Um, there we go, straight from someone. She and her partner actually live a kink lifestyle 24-7. She's the dom. Her partner, Blue, is the sub. And it is, it's the power exchange between the two of them. And it didn't, they weren't initially going to be partners. They just met one another. And the submissive play that Blue was doing was coming and taking care of her home. And that is that created from there their relationship developed but it is something that for people who enjoy this they absolutely enjoy it now let me just jump out of here for a sec when it comes to stuff with 50 shades of gray people keep saying that she's the one he is beating her up he's doing these things to her that she doesn't want to have done well she is like querying you know is this okay why why won't he change it's not but really, she's the one who initiates the play. She's the one, anytime there's a big, huge blow-up, she's the one who initiates it. And I think if people go back and read those books, they'll see that it is permission. They'll see, you know, the traditional BDSM motto is that it has to be safe, sane, and consensual. And the leather creed is trust, honor, and respect. Now, the newer motto is risk-aware, consensual kink. So that's just an answer to that question for, some, for, for those people who have inquired. Now, I'm going to go into, again, some of my more frequently asked questions. How can I be sure I taste okay for oral sex? I'm afraid, my boyf- I'm afraid 
for my boyfriend to go down on me because I think my scent will turn him off. What should I do? Okay, very, very common question. And really, the, the thing here for many women, women get given such a message that that area of their body is unclean or dirty or is going to smell. The one time where there will be a, an issue with um, smell is if she has um, an infection, uh, bacterial vaginosis. And that is the one there where they talk about the fishy smell. And the fishy smell is actually because a little chemical group called an amine group, A-M-I-N-E, in the presence of semen, the vaginal secretions will release an amine group, and that's the thing that smells fishy. So in actuality, she does not have um, her vaginal health is not in balance, okay? Now, for most women, what men do not want, they do not want to smell old roses. They don't want to smell, you know, you know, the Summer's Eve douche, spare me. I've had an OBGYN who literally said, women who douche pay my mortgage, meaning it causes more problems than it supposedly takes care of. And I can just imagine, just think of a madman, the ad, advertising, you know, boardroom, they're sitting there going, how can we basically terrify women into having to use a product that they never should be using in the first place? Tell them that they're not going to smell okay. Tell them they're going to have you know, something wrong with them. They're not going to be fresh enough. But here's the thing. You can test yourself. And chances are you might taste differently throughout your cycle or you know, throughout the month. But use you know, a clean finger. If you use those small you know, suppository type tampons, which, you know, most women know about the little guys that, you know, much easier to carry around in our purses. If you are comfortable putting your finger inside of yourself, put your finger inside and then see what you smell like and you will know. So you won't worry. And most times, you know, it's slightly lemony taste or a little, you know, citrusy tasting. But each woman has her own scent. And by the way, what you eat very much impacts what you are going to taste like. And don't worry that, and here's the thing, the um, men also have a concern that they worry that their semen is going to taste too strong and how can they be sure that, you know, they're going to taste okay for the woman. Men, it's, you know, slightly different, but men tend to masturbate more than women. So if he wants to know, he can, you know, taste himself, which is really what people will call a snowball. Um, if the woman, if the man ejaculates in a woman's mouth and then um, she, you know, lets him taste what he tastes like, just a little sidestep there on that. So if he worries that his semen tastes too strong, he can, you know, the day of doing something, eat um, lighter foods. Men who drink a lot of coffee tend to taste more bitter. Uh, men, no, no cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, eek, and of course, I think it goes without saying, no asparagus, okay? Uh, men who, have, who are more vegetarian without the cruciferous vegetables tend to taste lighter. And by the way, women and men say that they can tell if a partner has been smoking just by going down on them. Interesting, huh? You didn't think that cigarette was you know, causing going throughout your entire body. Au contraire, mon ami. <laughs> and I had this one man said, Women who smoke 
have bad bush. I was like, okay, that has never gone out of my head. But what he said is that it is, and this woman had quit, told her boyfriend she had quit smoking, and her boyfriend said, "Uh, no way. He said, I can tell you've been smoking. And that was only because of having gone down, you know, for cunnilingus to go down on her orally. So, and women have also said that they can taste um, uh, smoke. And one woman said she could taste cocaine in a man's ejaculate. So, you know, everything that goes into your body will also, you know, be impacting the um, taste or the, you know, enjoyment of your partner. Here's another question. My partner has trouble remaining erect while he is pleasuring me. What can I do? Well, this is the, the, the long and the short of erections are like phases of the moon. They wax and they wane. And so for men, they need to have like a, a, a firm, continual form of stimulation to maintain that erection. So while he may be down, you know, pleasuring her, He's not being stimulated, so he is likely going to be getting, you know, semi-erect. But then with more stimulation again, he will get erect again. So it is in no way, you know, that him not being erect means he's not finding her appealing. It just means he's not having stimulation at that moment. Women tend to have more of a build plateau, build plateau style of stimulation. And if it's too much too quickly, it's like, ouch, and you can't go back. But for men, they need to typically have a more firm and a more um, constant form of stimulation to remain, you know, so-called ramrod stiff. And that isn't the only indication that he's having a good time, okay? It usually tends to be. We are coming up to my last minute. Thank you for being with me. I hope you have enjoyed the my review of some of those things about sex in the news. Trust me, there's so much every week. I could do that. Um, I could do only that for like two or three hours every week. And I hope you enjoyed my frequently asked questions. Thank you so much for staying with me. Check out my Your Tango, and I will talk with you next week. Bye for now, everyone. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget.